Hello, and thank you for listening to this special Midweek Advent podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. It's the sermon from Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. The sermon is entitled, Arise and Shine, Reflected Light, and is based on Zechariah chapter 9, verses 14 through 17. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hanel. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. According to the movie, it's a tale as old as time. It's a tale that includes characters like Lumiere, Cogsworth, Mrs. Potts, and even little Chip. We know that movie. Uh, We know it maybe not because of those characters, but we know it because of the, the main character. It's a story about a young, handsome prince who is turned into this hideous and ugly monster by an enchantress who has visited his castle except under the disguise of an old beggar woman. The beast. That's who this prince became, right? This hideous, ugly beast. And because of the shame of his new figure, this beast, this prince, secluded himself locked himself into his castle, shutting himself off from everyone and everything. Until one day, when in comes Belle. And Belle comes strolling into the beast's life and utterly transforms him, utterly transforms the whole situation, because beauty loves beast and beast becomes beautiful. Do you have anything in common with the beast? Have you ever felt like the beast in your life, that that maybe you've done some rather beastly things, or maybe you just, you carry around with you a lot of guilt and shame, and so you might look on the outside like everybody else, but you feel different. And so, you lock yourself away. You lock yourself away from other people because you just don't want them to increase your shame or to even sense it. Life can get ugly fast. Our Old Testament prophet that we heard from in our readings today, Zechariah, he knew all about ugly messes that life brings. Zechariah lives in Judah, which at this time, about the 6th century BC, was a Persian province. The great kingdom of David was long gone. And in this time, Zechariah knew all about the spiritual messes of his people. If you've ever read through the the book of Zechariah, it can be quite a whirlwind. And there's a lot of really strange and bizarre things happening there, but you are given that sense there's a lot wrong. 
Zechariah talks about Joshua, who is the high priest, except he's not wearing clean and sparkling clothing. Instead, he wears filthy garments. Zechariah has this vision the Lord gives him, and in this vision, it's bizarre, it's like there's a woman who's stuck in something that's kind of like a garbage can. Zechariah also talks about the Philistines, and he talks about how the Philistines have blood in their mouth and abominations between their teeth. Gross. He even talks about how the land itself has become disfigured and beastly. He talks about how the beautiful cedar trees that grew in this land, they're no more. Their glories have been taken away, and all that's left is stumps, products of the warfare that have ravaged this land. The beast has made his appearance in the book of Zechariah. But you know, it's not just there. The the beast makes his appearance all over the Bible, from, from the beginning almost to the end. Cain kills Abel. Saul pursues David. We have these Herods in the Bible. One of them kills babies in the city of Bethlehem, and another beheads John the Baptist. Even Pontius Pilate, who himself wasn't necessarily a religious guy, when he hears about all of the plans the people have in mind, he wants to wash his hands of all of them and all of their deeds. Even one of our psalmists, a guy who goes by the name of Asaph, in the 73rd Psalm, Asaph writes about how he was ignorant and how he was like a beast before God. Have you ever had that confession? Have you ever prayed, God, I, I'm, I'm like a beast. I, I'm just out of control. The, the things that I hear myself saying, they're mean. They're hurtful. They're filled with spite and anger, the, the venom that is coming forth of my, from my mouth. Is that mine? Did, did I do that? Did I say those words? It doesn't take much sometimes for anger and rage to take over in our lives and suddenly it gets out of control. We're no, we know we're Christians, but do the people around us know that? Or instead have they been the victims of some of our vicious attacks, leaving them wondering, who are we really? Life would be pretty bad if all we knew was the beast. The beast inside of us that that we can't seem to get rid of. If that's all we knew, well, we might as well just lock ourselves into our own castles. At least we won't bring that hurt and pain to other people. But Zechariah didn't end his story simply by talking about how the beast was making itself known in his life and in his world. 
Zechariah had another story to tell as well. This time he talked about how the beast would one day have one particular focus, one particular goal, and that would be all that mattered to the beast. What was that one goal the beast had? Well, quite simply, to to take the most beautiful human being ever and to mar and disfigure that person until he becomes someone that no one would want anything to do with. See, Zechariah has these prophecies about the Messiah, about Jesus. And it's very true, in Zechariah we have this wonderful prophecy about how the Messiah, Jesus, will one day enter into Jerusalem as a king on a donkey. Because Jesus is humble. But Jesus will bring with him righteousness. Jesus will bring with him salvation. That's the beauty of the Messiah. That's the beauty of who Jesus is, that he brings these wonderful gifts to light. But Zechariah knew that the beast wouldn't let this beauty come. (laughs) The beast would do whatever it would take to take away that beauty. And so it's also in Zechariah that we hear this prophecy that just four days after Palm Sunday, this Messiah would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. It's in Zechariah that we hear this prophecy that the shepherd will be struck and the sheep, his disciples, will scatter. It's from Zechariah that we hear about how when Jesus is crucified, that he will be pierced by a spear. The crown of thorns placed on Jesus' own head to mar and disfigure that. The nails hammered into his hands, into his feet, to disfigure his body. The beast spared nothing. It's hard to imagine the sight of Jesus on that Good Friday. I don't think words could convey the agony, the suffering, the pain. But then, three days later, Three days later, what a difference. Three days later, it's like a total makeover. Jesus is alive, not dead. Jesus shows in all of his glory, not pain and suffering. Jesus brings life and immortality to light to show to all of his disciples the peace that he brings. He is the light of the world, the light of our salvation. Jesus brings this wonderful beauty. Satan couldn't rob him of it. Satan couldn't take that beauty away, and that beauty that Jesus has, he shares. He shares with his disciples. He shares with you and me as he cleanses us, and he takes away our guilt and all of our shame.
And Zechariah saw this too. In one of his prophecies, Zechariah talks about this, this water fountain that, that will purify all of God's people. And Jesus purifies us. He purifies us by that blood shed on the cross. He washes us clean in the waters of holy baptism. And when he does that, that light that Jesus brought into this world, that light shines in us. Zechariah talked about it this way. It's in our reading tonight. He says, on that day, the Lord their God will save them as a flock of his people, and like jewels in a crown, they will shine on the land. It's pretty hard to shine and sparkle and reflect light when we are stuck in that darkness of sin, when we are marred and disfigured by our own sinful ways, when because of our own sin and our own guilt and our own shame, rather than coming into the light, instead we hide in the darkness. But Jesus comes. Jesus dies. Jesus rises again, and Jesus cleanses us. He takes away our guilt. He takes away your shame. The, the shame that we sometimes feel. A lot of people struggle with that. How do you try to take your shame away? Do you try to explain away your shame? Eat away your shame? Cry away your shame? Drink away your shame? Try to bury your shame away? Those things don't work. You become secluded, locked in that castle. No light shines, and it just becomes worse. But Jesus, Jesus comes to you, to me. Jesus comes to us in our darkest, most ugly place. Jesus comes to us when we think we have locked all the doors, when we think that we have put ourselves away because of our sin, because of our guilt, because of our shame. And Jesus doesn't say, you need to do better. You need to try harder. Jesus comes, and he brings that cleansing forgiveness. Jesus comes and proclaims to us the beauty the beauty of his love and of his grace, it makes the beast in us beautiful. See, the beauty of Christ loves the beast in us. And he takes that beast away. He changes that beast in us till we are forever beautiful. Have you ever had a day that's just been like, your day. You, you wake up on the right side of the bed. Everything seems to be going your way. There's, there's money in that checking account. You're gonna, it's gonna be a wonderful day. And then you accidentally go through that red light. You get a ticket. 
Or maybe you have a loss of your health. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost the love of your life. Suddenly, that day that you thought was going so well can do a complete 180, and that beast rears his ugly head. You lash out. You become a grump. You get angry at the people closest to you. And then the guilt and the shame sets in. Because you know it's not their fault. You know they're not to blame. You, you told yourself that you would stop being like this, that you would stop hurting the people closest to you. But there you are. You did it again. And it's easy in those times when we are battling with that beast within us to spiral down in our shame and in our guilt. But Jesus tells us we don't have to do that. Zechariah writes that wonderful good news. On that day, their Lord, their God will save them as a flock of his people like jewels in a crown. They will shine on his land. That total makeover. We don't do that. God does that in us. God's light of his grace and his love shines in us. And when it shines in us, it, it shines through us. See, it's by the grace of God that we can let our light shine in this world of darkness so that others might see our good works and give glory to God. It's by the grace of God that we no longer need to walk in the darkness, but instead we can radiate and reflect that light of Jesus. Don't you see it? It's a total makeover. But it's not because of us. It's because of that little child born in Bethlehem. It's about Jesus, our Savior, who died for our sins and rose again. See, beauty loves the beast, loves us. And the beast is forever, forever beautiful. Guys, that's not a tale as old as time. That's the eternal truth of the gospel of Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and choosing an option at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.